0: Our scripture this morning comes from acts chapter 8 and if you've noticed we have been in the book of acts for the past few weeks and so uh acts chapter 8 starting in verse 26 and here's what i want us to do everybody else needs a little bit more exercise and so (laughs) i'm gonna ask everybody to stand I think there's something really powerful when we stand together to hear the word of God. You know, the the church people in the New Testament and even in the Old Testament, once the temple was built, stood for hours outside of the temple to hear the word of the Lord and hear the teaching. And so uh, this is just kind of a remnant of that. So hear the word of the Lord in Acts chapter eight. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He'd come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot. And he was reading the prophet Isaiah, and the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now, the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep that he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb before its shearers is silent. Thanks be to God, amen. You guys can grab a seat. So about two weeks ago, Pastor Doug introduced us to a few new people earlier in the book of Acts. A few new people had been, who had been called to mission and to ministry, to this movement of the way, which is what they called telling people about Jesus. In Acts chapter six, the apostles are spreading the message of Christ and they name seven who are gonna join them. One we learned about last week, who is Stephen. And then there is Philip, who we're gonna talk about today, Prochorus, Nicarum, Timon, Peremius, and Nicholas. And in chapter eight, we get the glimpse of Stephen and his ministry, but then we also get Philip. So, We are told that there are three different people that kind of meet the Lord, three really unsuspecting people. And in the middle is our story today, the uh, Ethiopian eunuch. Before his story is a magician who comes to hear about Jesus and accepts Jesus. But then he wants to pay for the use of the Holy Spirit to come with him and, and he is rebuked. After the eunuch, we get this beautiful story of Saul, who was a persecutor of the church, who becomes uh, Paul and one of the most beautiful and passionate uh, missionaries of the church. In the middle is wedged this story of this Ethiopian guy. In the story, we are uh, told from the very beginning that the Holy Spirit uh, directs Philip to get up from wherever he is and to go. And what does Philip do? He does that. There's no questions that are recorded in the scripture. There's no stopping to say, but Jesus, I was in the, I mean, but Holy Spirit, I was in the middle of something else and like, I need to kind of finish that. I'll go in a few days. What do you need me for? No questions. The Holy Spirit tells him to go and he goes. And then he continues to stay in tune to the Holy Spirit, to listen to what the Holy Spirit has for him. And we find, that he rises up and meets an Ethiopian. So the first thing that we need to talk about here is devotion. I have preached a message out of Acts chapter two, uh, probably a while back. Acts chapter two is one of my absolute favorite uh, scriptures because I believe so passionately that it is who we are still called to be. I believe that Acts chapter two church can still exist if we will commit ourselves to be people who are fully devoted to God. People who are choosing every morning when we get up to listen. People who are choosing every day to listen to God and when He prompts to go. Now. Devotion does not mean that there isn't a bit of fear and anxiety that's a part of it. Devotion means that in the midst of that fear and anxiety, we still go and do. When I was uh, 15, I came to know Jesus. I came to know Jesus because I got involved in a youth group. My brother was older, Uh, he got involved in the youth group. It seemed like a ton of fun that he was having and so I wanted to go to youth group as well. And that's where I came to know Jesus. My my God used my brother. You know, interestingly, my brother now doesn't follow God, but God used him. God used him to get me to this point. Somehow God is always working. He always has a plan and we just have to be willing. So at 15, I become a follower of Christ. And I love Jesus, but I also just kind of like to keep him to myself because I'm young and I don't really know a ton of stuff. And one day I find myself on some bleachers and a friend is sitting next to me. And I don't know how, she knows, but she asked me about Jesus. And to tell me, she to ask her, like she wants to know, she's got all these questions. I don't think I was talking about him too much in school. I know I wasn't carrying my Bible. Please, if you are a student, like bring your Bible to school. When you have free time, read it, put the word of God in you. I was not doing that. I mean, I went to church, I went to youth group, but that's kind of how invested I was. But for some reason, I guess the way I had kind of chosen to live my life and maybe the things I hadn't, wasn't doing has reflected out. And so this girl asked me all these questions about Jesus and I am not prepared, but I don't wanna let this moment disappear. And so I take a breath and I answer all the questions that I can that she has. And I tell her about what I know about God. And we talked and talked and talked. I don't know if Christy has come to follow Jesus. All I know is that God put me in that situation I was obedient to say yes, because ultimately I am devoted to God. I want my whole life to reflect who He is. If we are devoted and in tune to God, He is gonna put us in places and situations and all we have to do is say yes. And this is what Philip does. And so he comes in contact with this Ethiopian eunuch. Now, let me tell you a little bit about this particular guy, because there are a lot of things about him that are crazy. He is probably the most like, unlikely person to be asking about God and to be reading scripture. First of all, he is from Ethiopia. Now, Ethiopia is kind of below um, Egypt. It is fact, it's known as Sudan now, but it was a big deal at this time, and they were into trade. And uh, we are told that not only is he an Ethiopian, he, has, um, he is in, in charge of the treasury for the queen. So he is kind of a high up in the Ethiopian court, which means he has power and influence. And when Philip meets him on the road, he is coming back from Jerusalem. And the scripture tells us he's coming back from Jerusalem because he headed there, not to do work for the Ethiopian queen, but to go try to worship God. How he learned about God, how he has gotten a hold of scripture, we have no idea. But God knows, and God knows that this man has sincere questions and he needs somebody, somebody, to meet him where he is and to talk. And so they sit in the chariot on the side of the road. Philip says, what are you reading? And the Ethiopian says, well, I got this book of Isaiah and here's what I'm reading and do do you understand it? Philip says, I'll tell you everything I know because the fact is how are people gonna know if we don't tell them? There's an interesting lie that goes around the church and it goes like this. People will know that you follow Jesus by your actions. It's not a full lie, except at some point you have to actually use words too. You have to actually say, I look different. I am different. I treat you this way because I have a God who loves me immensely. And do you know what? He loves you immensely as well. We cannot just let the things that we kind of do speak for itself. We must actually speak as well. So this is what Philip does. They look at the Scripture together, the Scripture that is about Jesus. It is about what Jesus was gonna do for all of creation on the cross. They start there and then Philip tells him the whole story. They go step by step by step. And as they're telling, as they're talking, they pass by water. And in this Ethiopian eunuch's excitement and joy to hear this story and hear the message of salvation, he stops his chariot and says, well, can't I get baptized right now? I want the interior of me to be seen on the exterior by baptism. I want what God is doing in my heart to be shown." And so they stop right there and Philip baptizes him. And at the very end of the baptism, Scripture tells us Philip Philip is taken to the next place. And the, the Ethiopian never sees him again, but he walks away rejoicing rejoicing because he has been given the opportunity and the information he needs to put all the pieces together so that he can follow God. You know, we don't know what happens with the Ethiopian after this. We don't know if he goes back and he tells everybody around him about God. My guess is he does. My guess is is that he influences the court in Ethiopia because of his power and his influence. His opportunity to learn about God has given him the opportunity to share about God where God has placed him. So, when are we gonna start telling people about God? When are we gonna be like Philip, or even the Ethiopian who is excited to learn? Church, we have done too much of sitting around and waiting for people to come to us. It is our job to go out. That's why today I wanted to intentionally pray over our different groups because we are sending them out. We are sending them out to be a beacon and a light and you guys are all sent out. If you're in the classroom, if you're in the courtroom, if you're in uh, an office building, if you're on a construction site, if you're sitting in the church building, you have been called to go out. We have got to stop just waiting for people to somehow, some way, maybe sorta hear about Jesus and walk through these doors. They are not gonna know if we don't, as devoted followers of Christ, go and tell them. We must go and tell them. I don't know if you have been on social media in the last few days. I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna admit something to you. I watched the Tick in the Talk, okay? And um, I've really gotten kind of obsessed with Bammer Rush. I'm I'm sorry. I've, if a few of you have been watching Tick and talk, B- Bama Rush, I'm watching it like obsessively. I want to know who is, I've, I didn't rush. That's just not, it's not something I did, but I'm fascinated, I'm fascinated by, uh, by this whole process. And um, what I have come to realize about myself, I will spend hours watching other people talk about Bama Rush. But apparently I will not spend hours talking to other people about Jesus. And last night about 10 o'clock is 10 p.m. when I was like scrolling in bed when my daughter's like asleep next to me in my bed is when I, I came to that realization. And it it was a painful realization, but it is a true realization. I would prefer to watch tons of people talk about tons of stuff that really has absolutely nothing to do with me and, and, and nothing to do with my soul. I know it's important to them and I'm, I'm not trying to play that down. But I will spend so much of my time invested in something else that has nothing to do with God. It has nothing to do with my growth and my, my relationship with Him and it absolutely has nothing to do with the opportunity to talk about Him with other people. So we can be passive TikTokers of Christian faith or we can be active like Philip was, devoted and in tune. And when God calls us knowing that we may not think we have all of the words, know all of the things to say, we're gonna be a little uncomfortable, do it anyway. Step in. I follow Jesus, do you know why? Because He loves me so much, and I was broken, and He has healed me. I did this and that, and He has loved me. I do this and that, and He still loves me. I'm tired of just watching us as a body of Christ, as the the people of God, not just here, everywhere in general. I'm tired of missing the fact that people are hurting and they are lost and they need Jesus and I'm just not doing, I'm not, I'm not bringing Him Jesus. I don't want numbers for numbers sake on Sunday morning, but what if this space was bursting at the seams with people on Sunday morning raising their hands up and declaring that God is King? in their lives and they want other people to know about it. Can you imagine the excitement and the joy? Do you know how that all that happens? We have to make something happen in our own hearts and when we leave these stores. We need to be like Philip and we need to be like the Ethiopian who left rejoicing because he heard about God who he had questions about. And the Holy Spirit brought somebody into his space. And he heard and he responded. We need to be devoted people. So here's our first challenge then, as devoted people. We have a school that we adopt, Reston Elementary. That's the school that we uh, care for through the year. And one of the things that we started doing is praying for the teachers uh, on the front end of the school year. And so, when you leave this space, we have cards over here on this table. I really encourage you to grab one. Put it on your refrigerator, put it in your car, wherever you're gonna see it on a daily basis, and pray for that teacher. Pray that God would move in a powerful way in their lives so that God can move in a powerful way in Ruston Elementary. And then, when we have other things that happen at Ruston Elementary, because you've been praying, and when Marie says there's a need, we're gonna meet it. We're gonna adopt this school and we're gonna infuse Jesus every which way into it. If that's all we did, which I believe there's a whole lot more that we are called to do, but if that's all we did and we totally threw everything we had into Ruston Elementary and the kids that walk through it and the teachers and the parents, God will change that school. He will change our hearts. So when you leave, grab a prayer card. If we run out of prayer cards, tell Marie you need a prayer card and she's gonna get it. If we had five people pray over each teacher, ooh, how amazing would that be? This is our call this morning. This is who we are supposed to be, church. Don't just listen to the message, but go be the message. Let's pray. God, I want to be like Philip. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your call and I want to respond. I want my faith to not just be something that um, I kind of live into in my living room, but it is what I do and what I say. I want people to know you. And so God, mobilize this church to be in tune to you, to be devoted to you, to be working for your kingdom, that it is what we do in the places that you have placed us. Yes, we have responsibilities. Yes, we have jobs. Yes, we have homework. We want to do those with uh, the utmost integrity. But ultimately, we want to reflect you in our words and our actions. Let's get over being anxious about saying the right thing or the fear of saying the right thing. And let's just go do. Let's go be your kingdom. So God, we pray that this morning. Amen. Would you guys stand? Let's let's continue in worship. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Podcast. To find out more about Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityreston.org.